Happy Friday, everyone. Today is Friday, December 23rd. We are in my favorite week of the year. Well, almost there. Uh, Week 52. I am Melissa, the founder of A Yogi Kitchen and Pantry. Welcome to Off the Mat. This is where we come together and we talk about the lessons that we learn in our asana practice, in our meditation practice on the mat, and how those lessons translate into our everyday lives. This session, we are focusing on the word peace. And um, last episode was a little wild and rambly, which it can get that way around here sometimes. But there were some really good parts in it where I asked you just to close your eyes and breathe into peace. So I'm going to ask you to do that again and feel free to just pause me, close your eyes for a few minutes and just breathe and feel peace in your body, feel it in your heart, feel it in your mental state, in your brain and however you think about what happens mentally for you in the body, mind, spirit connection and just breathe into it and be present with it. And we're talking today about imagining peace. And also talking about doing something radical, like resting. I encourage you just to imagine what a life full of peace feels like. And I want to suggest to you that a life full of peace does not mean you never have another fight with a loved one. It doesn't mean you're not going to stay up late working hard. Or get up early to work hard, whether that is getting up super early to get a run in, uh, staying up late or staying at work late to finish that project. It doesn't mean life isn't hard. It doesn't mean that people you love won't die, that you won't run out of gas to get a flat tire. But it does mean that no matter what, whether you're in the middle of that hard stuff or life is just floating along, you have a sense of calm and connection in your heart. That when things come your way, you go, all right, I can manage this. It's going to be okay. Instead of what my brain likes to do is, oh my God, what are we going to do? Oh my gosh, who should I call? What should I do? I'm just going to get in bed. And it's taken me quite a few years to cultivate peace. And for me, it also came with age where I just got to a place in my life. And I think I talked about this last year when we were talking about gratitude. There's a place in my practice, my yoga practice on the mat, where I it's when I come to standing after having been on my back and usually moving from down dog to runner's lunge to forward fold. And I come to Tadasana, to mountain pose. And I get this wash of gratitude over me. And I told my classes this, if you've been in class, you've probably heard me say it more than once. It's where I say, you know, I'm still standing through all the stuff life has thrown at me. And some of it's been pretty bad. I'm still here. I'm still standing. And for me, gratitude is that place, the the fastest, most direct path to peace. And so it took me a while um, to really do a lot of that inner work 
and I didn't do it alone. I had had therapists. I've had good friends. I've had yoga mentors. I've had people, you know, guide me along the way. But get to a place where now I can step into Tadasana, feel strong like the mountain, and say, hey, I'm still here. I'm still standing. And it feels peaceful like the mountain, right? The mountain's not struggling to be a mountain. The mountain just is. And it's strong and it's steady and it's stable and it's secure. And that is, there's so much value to that feeling that I didn't understand when I was younger. My brain, my busy, busy trauma addled brain loved the drama, right? It, it knew how to thrive on that. That felt really comfortable. Being happy, feeling peaceful, that was scary because that was completely new terrain. So it took me a while to get to a place where I really, first of all, valued peace. Then second of all, I had to really understand what peace felt like. I, maybe I'd had moments of peacefulness, but living in a life that felt some peace to it, even though my life is really busy, I have a lot going on and it's not conflict free for sure, but I have that place of peace. And I feel like this last session we've been focusing on peace and, and I love how this happens. Whatever word we're focusing on, it just comes alive in your life. And so when we were focusing on joy, I just, I just couldn't stop beaming. I just felt joy everywhere I looked. And the session is feeling the same with peace as I'm like, oh, okay. Like even this week I was um, at my, my volunteer, was with my volunteer community at Sunrise Project, and we made a big meal for 350 people. And um, there's a point every time in the meal where we're like, oh my gosh, we're serving in like 45 minutes. Are we going to make it? And there's this rushed feeling that I sort of thrive on because my first jobs were in the food industry and in the restaurant industry. So that, you know, that's really familiar to me. And I like that hustle and bustle and the energy of a re restaurant sort of atmosphere. But there's always that little anxious, like, are we going to make it? And then there's a part of us that says, you know what? We always do. We always make a fantastic meal. We always serve a lot of people. And we always have a lot of fun doing it. And so that's sort of that place of peace. And a few weeks ago, we were doing a meal that was had a lot of moving parts to it. Um, the founder of Sunrise Project and I were working, the only two of us together, are the only two people that were there with the two of us together and um, said, you know what? It's chill. It gets done or it doesn't. But the fact is it always gets done. And so we knew that. So that's our new like, it's chill. Everything's chill. I'm sure our children would completely roll their eyes at us. But so I want you to, or I encourage you, I invite you to just breathe into peace and imagine what is your life look like if you're consistently connected to peace? What does it feel like? And maybe it doesn't look any different or does it? Are there things that you want to edit out, whether they're friendships or responsibilities in life that really aren't serving you well and are taking you away from peace that you could say, you know, if I didn't have this relationship going on, I think my life would be a lot more peaceful. If I didn't have this responsibility at work, which 
technically is not my job title anyway, or part of my job description anyway. You know, it's time for me to talk to someone and say it's time to pass this on, whatever it could be. Um, or maybe it's the whole darn job. Maybe it's time to say, you know, um, I've wanted to do something different for a while. I think if I had that other job, maybe I would be busier. Maybe I'd be working harder, but I would have more peace in my heart. So imagine what that looks like. And this is a great journal prompt. Imagine a life of peace. Or maybe the actual prompt is, what does a life of peace look like, dot, dot, dot. Or what a life of peace looks like, dot, dot, dot. Whatever question you have for yourself, whatever, or just, you know, right on the top of, a, of your journal page, peace. And then maybe start making a list of all the benefits of peace in your life, all the places you have peace in your life, all the places you want more peace in your life. Before we say goodbye, I wanted to encourage you. It's Friday morning. It is, I don't even know, 10 o'clock in the morning. Some of us have been up for several hours already trying to get a million things done in, you know, a very short amount of time. And what I want to encourage you to do is stop, stop and take a break, whether that means just sitting with your coffee or your tea, whether it means, you know, jumping on the treadmill or throwing on some shoes and going for a run, getting on the mat, sitting in meditation, take a break and step away from the busyness and the hustle and the bustle of this season. Take time for yourself. Take a moment to connect with peace and do something radical like rest. So I, I don't even know how this happened, but I have been so crazy lucky that I don't get pulled in by a lot of the consumerism and the commercialism, commercialism of this season as an adult, as a kid, I was way into it. And then as an adult, I never really liked Christmas until I had kids. And I'd been married quite a few years before we had kids. So for a lot of years, we really barely did anything for Christmas. And then we had kids and just watching your kids faces light up. And just, you know, seeing that energy, remembering what that's like. And sometimes it was like, you know, you wouldn't even know. And you'd look over and your kids face would just be glowing. And you're like, hey, honey, what's going on? And they're like, Santa. And like, I don't know, across the street, down the block, they could see like a Santa mannequin or maybe someone dressed up like Santa walking down the street. And just the excitement about it was just, you know, it was a beautiful thing. And it, it got me back into liking Christmas for very different reasons. So we've always tried to um, not engage too much in the consumerism of Christmas. Of course, we buy presents for our kids and we buy presents for each other and our loved ones. Um, but there's no pressure to find the perfect gift. There's no pressure to overspend or to go into debt for Christmas. And these last couple years, um, especially since my partner is Jewish. And so for five years now, we've been doing a hybrid we do, and especially, well, December is a hybrid celebration, but especially the last two years, Hanukkah and Christmas are overlapping or they're coinciding or whatever the word is. Um, and so, you know, it's a lot about the miracle, the miracle of lights. And for me, all the holidays are about family and about being with my family. And so, you know, 
not killing myself to make the perfect whatever, you know, being up at five in the morning baking because our family can't decide on which pie is the best. So let's just make all of them. I just have never felt, um, I won't say never, but very rarely in my life have I felt that kind of pressure for something. And I just, I don't know where it comes from. I think a lot of it was just my um, resistance to how I was raised is my mom did a lot of that stuff. The reason I found um, out about the whole true story of Christmas is I woke up one night as a kid and I could hear things happening downstairs and I was pretty sure it was happening and I'm kind of being careful just in case you're in your car with your kids right now. But um, I just was like, you know, I don't really think this is true. And then I walked downstairs and saw my family doing all the getting ready for the morning stuff and was like, oh, okay, it is true. Um, And it was like three in the morning. And my mom's like doing stuff, like wrapping presents and doing stuff. And I was just like, oh, no. And then my mom would be exhausted the next day and she'd cook. Like she would go to sleep at three in the morning or whatever it was, four in the morning. And then I'm pretty sure by six, seven o'clock, we kids were up. There were three of us. So one of us had to be up really early. My mom would be absolutely exhausted. And then she would cook a full meal. And we wouldn't eat sometimes till like nine, 10 o'clock. And we think about this now. And there's a joke in my family that like, oh, you know, my mom's time management or whatever isn't so great because we'd always eat so late. I'm like, well, she was freaking exhausted. She'd had three hours of sleep. She did all the stuff. And to be fair, you know, I was born in 69. So there was a lot more, it was a lot more common to have traditional roles. And my dad was a doctor. So he just worked a lot. He wasn't home a lot. Um, so very different values and choices than I have. Um, and my mom did it all. She did all the shopping. She did everything. I'm going to guess my dad was there to get the Christmas tree, but I actually don't remember. I'm pretty sure we decorated the Christmas tree most times without him. Um, I think in my family, actually, my dad would do the lights if he was around. Um, and But the rest was done by us. My mom would do all the shopping for the meal. She would cook the whole meal. She would clean up after the meal. She did everything. And I think there was a sort of pride around it. Um, I don't think my mom was like, I know that when like my aunt and cousins would come over and be like, hey, what can I do? My mom would be like, oh, nothing. It's all taken care of. And in all honesty, I'm not sure that's a source of pride for my mom or she, you know, felt there was ego involved in it. I think honestly, it was just too much for her to manage to tell another person how to do something. It was just easier for her to do it all herself. So she just did it all herself all the time. And um, it makes me really sad. Like, I don't know that my mom really enjoyed the holidays. I think she felt like it's all worth it because look at my kids' faces. They're happy. And I, I feel very strongly about this. I just posted something on Facebook. If you're not on our Facebook page, go and follow. Um, that's where most of the posts and interactions happen on the Facebook page and Twitter. Some Instagram, but mostly Facebook and Twitter. Um, we have to stop teaching our children. And what I said in the Facebook post is we have to stop teaching our children who identify as girls, that they have to sacrifice their everything to make their families happy. And I think that is true, especially for my generation. I mean, I can absolutely remember either being told or watching other friends being told, like, you have to learn how to make this dish. 
because either by grandma or by mom, someday I won't be here and this will be your job. And we have to stop doing that to our kids, especially our daughters. We have to stop telling them they have to do anything in any certain way. That we have these expectations. We're going to be watching them from the grave. And if you're not making grandma's gravy the right way, all hell's going to break loose. Um, I also think that that was short-sighted of me. I mean, it definitely there is more pressure on the females out there um, to produce these sort of perfect holidays and these for perfect family um, experiences. Less so with Gen Z and the millennials. But still, the pressure is there. Um, in my generation, I'm a Gen Xer. The pressure is huge for some of my friends. Um, I think the baby boomers are starting to let it go. But it still happens in families. I think regardless of whether you have boys or girls, people who identify as boys or girls or binary, binary kids, it's time to be really good examples to them. Let them see you rest. Let them see you say, oh, you know, I've been working on the Christmas dinner for like two hours. I'm going to turn everything down. Why don't you and I sit down and, you know, I'll have my coffee and you tell me what's going on or whatever it is. Or just, hey, you guys got that new game. Let me do a round while, you know, the whatever is simmering and just sit and rest and let your kids know it's it's a good thing to rest. It's not a sign of weakness, which I think is still really embedded in some people's minds. Um, and that I think connects us to peace. It always comes back around. It may seem like I'm rambling and I don't know where I'm going, but it does come back around. So that's how we get peace, right? Is we do things that, um, help us feel gratitude or we just recognize the things that we're grateful for. Um, and we do things like rest and we do things like be good examples to the next generation or even just I have friends um, who are older than me that I have, I have one I'm thinking of who gets sick every year around this time because she pushes and pushes and pushes and pushes and she doesn't sleep and she's not eating well enough and she's probably not hydrating and she's not connecting with people. She's just shopping and chopping and, and busy all the time. And every year she's sick at Christmas. And so then she misses out on Christmas. I have to say this may not have happened last year. And I checked in with her a couple days ago. She's sounding pretty good this year. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But that breaks my heart. And then also, what kind of example is she being? So rest is such a radical act that is so important that connects us to peace. That's what I have to say today about peace. Imagine what it looks like. We're moving into 2023. Um, I'm actually really excited about releasing some of the things that I've held on to in 2022 that I didn't even realize I was still holding on to stuff from my childhood stuff, my guilt stuff from my marriage, uh, just all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, all right, maybe the year's word is release. Breathe into that for a moment and see how that feels. Before I tell you about what's coming up, um, I want to stop with that thought for a second is the word for 2023. Um, I used to think it was kind of a, a silly idea. It was like cliche. It was social media connected to think of a good word for yourself for a year. And I've really enjoyed doing it. Um, my word for this year was learn. And for 2022, it was learn. Be careful what words you choose. 
because man, did I have to learn a lot this year. And my thought was, this is the year that I'm going to sign up for some class I've really wanted to do or go on retreat and go into like deep self learning mode, like learning about my inner um, whatever's patterns. And I was going to do some stuff. So one of the things I did that, that connected me to learn was I started dialectical behavior therapy again. I took it about eight or nine years ago and I'm taking it again this year. So it's uh, two and a half hours of therapy a week. I didn't make it every single week, but you know, I committed to doing some therapy this year, learned a lot of stuff, got reminded of some things I'd forgotten about. And then recently I started another program um, and I'm doing another two hours or an hour and a half of therapy a week. So I'm deep still in that learn mode. And I wanted it to be about self-learning. I, I didn't think it was going to be like, oh, I'm going back to school. I didn't feel that was going to happen. Although that's kind of on my back burner. Um, I thought maybe I would go and do like a big like yoga journal conference or a big yoga retreat. I thought that could possibly be happening. But um, instead, <laughs> I had some rocky stuff in relationships happen this year. So I had to really dig deep. And I learned a lot about myself. I learned about navigating relationships better. I learned about healing from some of that pain. I learned what's mine and what's not, which I just was in a therapy session and I was talking about the situation that was happening with someone in my life and the, the therapist goes, well, they're gaslighting you. And I was like, that's gaslighting. Cause in my head, gaslighting was like, oh, you're not remembering correctly or, oh no, that never happened. Or, and it was something different. It was, well, I'll tell you what it was. It was me talking about an opinion and the other person going, oh, well, I'm racist then. I was like, no, 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 that is not what I said. And that's gaslighting. And I didn't, I didn't understand that. Or maybe I did at one point and I forgot. I don't know. But so I learned a lot of stuff like that. Um, I learned a lot about boundaries this year. Um, and every time we, we focus on a new word, I learned about new words. So I learned about what strong means to me. I learned about joy and retreat. And I learned more about love. And now I'm learning about peace. Um, and just, you know, really sinking into who I want to be. And I stepped more into that this year, more seva, so more service. Um, service has always been really important to me. And I just didn't really know how it all fit together. And this year, service, the care and the compassion for others um, really came forward and became a very integral part of my life. And when I did that, so many other parts of my life really started clicking together better. So learn was a great word for me. Um, a lot more sort of difficulties that made me learn than I anticipated with this word. And I was like, oh, be careful. So I'm really trying to be careful about the word for next year. But I encourage you to really think about a word, um, something you want to sync up into, or just maybe something that keeps showing up that you're ignoring. And you say, well, okay, maybe this is the year that I really focus on that thing. Um, and it's funny because my word was going to be educate. And I used the word of my of the year with some numbers as a password for a lot of my accounts. So I decided not to use educate because it's a longer word to type in than learn. And I feel like if I had used educate or education my lessons this year would have been very different. So it's just very interesting the way that things happen. Um, 
you know, educate or education would have been good too, but my year would have been very different. I think if that had been my, if that's the thing I had been focusing on. So think about your word. Think about what direction you want this next year to go into. And you don't have to decide anything. You do not have to be a part of, you know, some big decision-making process that ends at midnight on the, on the 31st on, you know, New Year's Eve, or that you wake up on New Year's morning and you go, oh, I got to figure out a word or just the word's going to pop into your head. If you don't figure out a word for a couple of weeks, that's okay. You don't have to have it done by the end of the year. But I like to think about it this time of year. I love this last little chunk of the year, um, this last week to 10 days. So breathe into that and um, imagine, imagine what your, your year could look like if you focused on this word or that word and what actions you'll take around those words. Finally, if you are interested in doing some of that work this this next weekend, well, not this, okay, this weekend is, is holiday, Christmas Eve, Christmas weekend. The following weekend is New Year's Eve, New Year's Day weekend. And if you are interested in doing some of that end of year cleansing, beginning of the year, like everything's fresh, you can join us on, on uh, New Year's Day at 11 a.m. This is going to be on Facebook later. I'm going to put, I'm in the midst of putting it on the, uh, I almost said yearbook on the website. If one of the things I'm going to focus on this year is getting the website more together, um, maybe streamlining it a bit and also making it a place where if there's an event coming up, it's really easy to find. Um, We're like right now, I don't always put things like New Year's Day yoga on the website. And so there'll be a place. You can always check it for pop-ups. We're going to pop up again this coming Thursday, uh, 7 a.m. for just 30 minutes for gentle wake up yoga. It's a really lovely class. And all the Zoom ID information is on the website. January 1st, New Year's Day yoga at 11 a.m. So that's always a great class. It's always a fuller class than almost any class of the year. Um, people make a real concerted effort to come to New Year's Day yoga and it's just a nice way. It's a 75 minute practice and it's a nice way of like sort of clearing your energy. We'll do some breath work. We'll do some meditation. We'll do some gentle yoga, clearing your energy to step into this new year. And then if you're in the Lawrence, Kansas, Topeka, Kansas city area, you can join us at one o'clock. It's an RSVP, so you can text me, 785-760-5412, or email me, mel at a yogikitchen.com. And RSVP for one o'clock burning bowl and yoga potluck. So we're just going to break bread together, and um, we'll do a burning bowl. And that's just a time for a sort of short meditation, just a short period of quiet You can bring your journal if you want to. And then think about some things you want to release from 2022. What's what's a pattern? What's something that kept showing up that you go, God, really? Again, I'm here that you just want to get rid of. You write it down on a piece of paper and then we're going to burn it. If it's nice enough out, we'll burn it in my fire pit outside. We might if it's nice enough. And sometimes in Kansas, it is. um, We'll be outside for a good chunk of the time uh, and we'll have a fire pit going. If it's not. 
And the last couple years, it's been like icy, sleeting, cold. We will just go out on my porch and I have a big restaurant uh, stainless steel bowl. And we're just going to burn our pieces of paper in that bowl. Um, and then if again, in person, we'll do in-person yoga at 6 p.m. at sunrise on and it's, that's always a 75-minute class, and we'll do that on uh, New Year's Day, 6 p.m. at Sunrise Project 1501 Larnard. And I think that's kind of what's coming up right now. Hats from the Heart has been going really well. We're handing on a lot of hot hats, and we have one woman who, uh, she says she has a yarn problem, Kaylin, and she just keeps making hats. So it's a lovely thing if you have some time, especially right now, this holiday season, you're traveling, whatever, you're crocheting, you're knitting make something warm and um, I'll always take them I keep them in my car and when I see people who need them I'll jump out of my car and be like hey would you like a hat or there's some families sometimes I know that either need them or they know people who need them so uh, that's been a lovely thing and oh I almost forgot January 8th we are in retreat so you are invited to my home for January 8th I have about two more seats left or spaces left mat spaces left we're going to do a full day retreat from like 1045 to about 530, I believe. Um, 515. I think I said six o'clock, but my intention was always we're, we're scheduled till six. Um, but we're probably going to end earlier. I just wanted you to clear a schedule till six. So and because that day I'm still planning on teaching yoga at six o'clock at Sunrise Project. OK, those are the things that I have. I hope you're having a really awesome December 23rd. Really looking forward to the next two days. And the other thing is, don't forget, as the family's coming in, all this stuff is going on. You can always walk into another room, close the door and just take a minute by yourself or walk outside. Be the person who offers to take the garbage out and just get away, even if it's for 90 seconds. Getting away, getting outside into the cool, crisp air and just the quiet of being outdoors is a lovely break. Have a beautiful holiday. I um, My intention is to be on the podcast this weekend. I will hopefully talk to you soon. Namaste.